The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello there, I'm Austin Bristow II, and you're listening to On The List. For episode 18, our guest is one of Pitcherless Going Deep managers, Shelly Verstraight. Shelly, thanks for joining me. Hey, Austin. How, how are you doing? How are you doing in 2021? Like, it's, it's a new year. It's, we, we're past 2020. How are you doing? You know what? So far, so good. I've, <laughs> uh, I've been able to, you know, stay safe and health, healthy so far. Um, so that's a plus. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I... Uh, I've been listening to a lot of bare naked ladies. That's new. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I tweeted the other day, new year, new me, new bare naked ladies fan. Um, I had never listened to them. And then I started listening to them uh, about a week ago and was like, oh, this is really good. It's really good. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, they, they, they frequent um, maybe it's like some playlists that I have. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm pro bare naked ladies, which sounds weird for me to say out loud. Just right then. <laughs> Fantastic. What a great start. Well, here on the list each week, I will have a writer from the picture list staff. We'll talk baseball, talk about what they've been working on recently, talk a little bit of whatever we want to. And then we do a mailbag session at the end where you guys can ask your questions Best way for you guys to get those questions to me is either to tweet them at me. I am at Bristowski on PitcherList. Or, even better, you can join our PL Plus Discord server. Go to PitcherList.com slash plus. Join us there. It's a great time. Now, Shelly, where can the people find you on Twitter? Uh, yeah, so you can check me out on Twitter at uh, ShellyV underscore 643. Um I usually talk about baseball there, um, but then also if you do follow me, you will be inundated with cute uh, French bulldog uh, pictures and maybe a few big goods. Um, but I, I try to keep it baseball centric. But um, my hobbies and my little my little uh, my little Frenchies come in every once in a while. Can confirm, bulldogs are very cute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> If you follow me on Twitter, uh, I, 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 mine's like the opposite where I usually don't talk about baseball, but every once in a while I will, I should be better about that. 
Yeah, I should be better about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, all righty. Let's go ahead and we'll just hop on into it. And, you know, start you off here with a nice open-ended question. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Shelly. Uh, yeah, I am just crazy obsessed about baseball. That's basically just me. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 I watch baseball, um, I bake cakes and I snuggle with Frenchies. That's essentially my life. Like it really is. (laughs) Yeah. There are, there's so many good things in there. Like that sounds like a great life. (laughs) I, I, I really can't complain too much about it. So yeah. (laughs) There you go. So as far as your like fantasy baseball career, how many leagues yeah. do you usually play in? What's your favorite type of leagues? Things like that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I usually, um, I usually play in dynasty leagues. Um, I mean, I, I, as you might know, I, I do like minor league baseball and prospects. So dynasty leagues is usually my jam. Um, and let's see, I'm. I'm in three dynasty leagues currently, and then about it depends on the redraft stuff, but usually about five or six redraft leagues because I'm insane. I'm <laughs> that's so many. <laughs> I know, like I'm absolutely insane. It's 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 it's. I'm just totally addicted to the game, and I just like to play. I love this. I. Like when baseball season is going, uh, Rudy and I, Rudy's my husband, uh, we always have a baseball game going every single night. So we're just addicted to baseball. So I just love it. So I am pro Roto. Um, that's usually all I play. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've I've tried um, a head-to-head league. Um, I'm in a kind of like a reoccurring redraft head-to-head league just to kind of get a feeling for that. Um, but I definitely do like Roto. Um, Roto and um, and Dynasty Leagues is my jam. Do you do any, do you have, are any of your three Dynasty Leagues uh, Roto scoring? They're not. They're just like, just plain, just Roto. Okay, yeah. they, well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, I, so that's like, what, eight leagues, I think? The last year was the most I'd ever done. I did five, and yeah. uh, one of those was a co-owned team. So really, it was like four and a half, and that still was too much for me. I I had a hard time getting into just the baseball season in the first place after sure. sh- after it was delayed, shortened season, all that kind of stuff. But I think I also realized that that was too many leagues. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll probably be cutting it back to four again this next year. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could cut it back to that much because it's like, oh, I really like when I'm in the season, I'm like, just like just drained like all the time. Like, <laughs> I can't deal this. And I'm like, OK, I'm going to cut back. And then I cut back, quote unquote, cut back. And then, you know, someone's like, oh, you want to play in this thing? I'm like, oh, sure. And then I'm just back to where I was. And I'm like, oh, geez, I'm back to just, you know, every Sunday doing like all of my, you know, just free agent stuff and it's just like yep. why am i doing yep yep i very much know that feeling i yep and I, now that you mentioned that uh someone actually did hit me up today and was like hey you want to do this league and i was like yeah oh yeah so i now i'm just realizing <laughs> that i'm gonna do five again this year. 
Yep. Uh, this is the life, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You are a big Red Sox fan. Is that true? Yes, I am a diehard Red Sox fan. I mean, I write for the SB Nation site, um, um, Over the Monster. I write there. I podcast there. Uh, Red Sox. I like all of my sweatshirts and beanies are Red Sox. <laughs> so everyone knows that I'm a huge Red Sox fan. So, yes, I am a part of Red Sox Nation. Now, were you were, are you originally from New England or how did you become a Red Sox fan? Because I believe you're you're around Virginia. Is that right? Yeah, I am. I am from Virginia. I grew up as a Braves fan, which you should be just like, yeah, yeah, okay, Braves fan. OK, right. Yes. But something went wrong. Something went wrong, and what went? <laughs> and it, it honestly, it really hurt. It it really like broke my family's hearts because they grew up as Braves fans, and again, like I still love the Braves. Um, but there was one Saturday afternoon. You know how they had like that Saturday afternoon like baseball game. Of course. Um, and I just you know turned it on as a you know a kid that liked baseball at the time. And it was a Pedro Martinez start. Yes, exactly. That reaction. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Pedro Martinez is just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, family. I am just changing my allegiance to the Red Sox because of Pedro Martinez. And then, you know, the Red Sox started to get good. You know, David, uh, David Ortiz, da, 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 da. it just kind sure, of like sure. loomed from there. So... Yeah, I am. It's all because of Pedro. I mean, go, looking at Pedro's career, you, I can't blame you. But also, yeah, you could you, you could have been watching Smoltz, Glavin and Maddox. Hey, I, yeah, I, I mean, I was all for the mid 90s uh, Braves. I remember, like, because I couldn't, like, stay up to watch, like, the World Series games when they were basically just facing the Yankees the entire time. I would just wake up and be like, Mom, did they win? And then my mom would be like, no, they didn't. I'm like, oh. So I under <laughs> – I, believe me, I understand being a Brace fan and that core – I mean, Chipper Jones went – uh, when I was playing Little League, like Chipper Jones was actually my first favorite baseball player. I love that dude. Um, and I believe me, I am I'm still a super fan of the Braves. It's just it, Pedro changed me. So <laughs> I get it. I get it. I honestly I can't blame you that much. I mean, he is one of, if not the best pitcher of all time. Yeah, um, I think it is, he could arguably be called the greatest pitcher of all time. And he's fantastic and such such a fun guy. So much fun to watch and seems like a great guy off the field, too. So oh, can't yeah. even blame you there. Yeah. And that kind of actually leads into what my next question was, was who's your favorite player? You mentioned Chipper Jones, but it, it seems like it has to be Pedro, right? Yeah, for me, it, it, it really is a toss up between um, Pedro or Chipper. I mean, because, again, like Chipper was the guy who I just like really just dialed in on because when I was like really into baseball when I was younger and Little League, 
Chipper Jones was like the dude for the Braves. So yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. And I played third base when I played softball. So I'm just like, hell yeah, man. This is this is this is the guy like he's so good. Um, but if push come to shove, it was it would definitely be Pedro for me because just how his change up and just everything that he did, everything that he brought to the to the Red Sox. Yeah, I I think he's my all-time favorite player. Uh, the Braves fan of me is only like a little heartbroken hearing all this, but <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly, yeah, like I said, I can't blame you. Now, yeah. talking about um, whether it be with PitcherList or with any of the other various sites that you've been writing with, do you have an article or a series or something like that, a project that you've written or worked on that you're particularly proud of? If so, what is it and why? Um, honestly, it was my first article for PitcherList. It was about Lucas Giolito. Um, and this was in 2019. Uh, prior to, you know, Lucas Giolito being, you know, Geo dude, uh, I, I, I started to like, like pick up on, oh my goodness, he is a different guy. Um, and I'll kind of like backtrack a little bit. Like, um, I, I started writing, um, about baseball, uh, for prospects 1500 about Washington nationals prospects. So I had been writing about Lucas Giolito for, you know, quite a while. Um, and I honestly thought that he was like a busted prospect. Um, but back in like 2019, um, I started watching, uh, you know, some of his starts. And I'm like, oh, there, there's something different here. Like he's doing something different. And like once I started like really just kind of looking at things, I'm like, oh, he's totally went back to his like old mechanics and all this stuff. Um, and then, you know, Nick kind of like hit me up and he was like, yeah, do you want to write? I'm like, yeah, I actually do want to write about something. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, I honestly think like my my I guess like debut ar- debut article for Pitch List is the the my my one that I just hold near and dear to my heart because I mean, it's just kind of how, you know, I just kind of uh, kind of came onto the scene, but then also being like, Hey, Lucas Giolito is actually a, uh, actually a, a dude. And he's like really good. So. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out you were 100% correct. I, I pulled it up and I'm just kind of skimming it here and yeah, everything you hit on back in, would have been 2018, I believe, 2019, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything, pretty much everything you hit on has, he's taken that and uh, used it to come to the, this level that we've seen him at now where he is top 10 pitcher. Yeah. I just, yeah. Also, I forgot that uh, the, how good the Nationals return was for Adam Eaton, Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dane Dunning. Yeah, it, it was it was so crazy. Okay. That's so my really husband Yeah, my husband is a humongous Nationals fan. And I remember coming home um from work with that trade 
and he was quite upset at the time. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, Adam Eaton's, you know, you know, a, a, you know, just a really, really good hitter. It totally makes sense. And I remember saying that Lucas Giolito's, I don't know if he's going to be that good. I was totally wrong. <laughs> and, and like Dave Dunning, like he's recovering from TJ. It's, it's totally fine. I mean, I guess technically in the end it did work out, but I do think that the Nationals kind of overpaid for Adam Eaton. Yeah. I yeah. Think, uh, yeah. And I mean, there was a, I believe there was a, um, there was some kind of knee injury for Eaton in there as well that has yeah. definitely hampered his career trajectory. But there was a World Series for the Nats, so that's all that really matters in the end, ain't it? Yep, flag flies forever. Exactly. Well, let's talk about a little bit, of, just for a moment, let's talk about things other than baseball. You mentioned baking, pets. What other kind of stuff do you do? Hobbies, uh, career, what kind of stuff do you do other than baseball? Uh, yeah, I mean, really, honestly, it's just uh, baking and and dogs. I mean, because my, <laughs> <laughs> my nine to five is kind of uh, boring. Um I'm a CPA. I do, you know, healthcare consulting for the government. So it's kind of boring there. It, it really is extremely boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it really, my hobby is of, of baking is my jam. I will, I just, that's really my thing. Good stuff. Good stuff. My, uh, my wife is just about to graduate uh, from PA school to be a physician's assistant. So nice. she she probably would be a little more interested in <laughs> a, a talking career with you. But yeah. that's all completely over my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, all righty. Let's go ahead. And we wanted to talk today about uh, the hot stove or right now it seems the lack thereof we're going to talk about the uh free agents that are still out on the market here on january 14th so um about a month ago you participated in a survey that i put together for the pitcher list free agent predictions um we went through and surveyed a bunch of the staff writers to determine where we uh, would agree that each uh, player would end up at, how much they would make, how many years, all that kind of stuff. So I went ahead and I, ch I pulled up the numbers that both you and I had said about, like I said, about a month ago we did this. And so we're going to reference those briefly and then see if, our, if we feel the same, if our thoughts have changed, stuff like that. So... First on the list here, uh, JT Realmuto. He is uh, debatably the best free agent on the market, and now that James McCann has signed with the Mets, he's pretty much got the catcher market to himself. Um, looking at our predictions earlier, I had expected him to sign with the Phillies, and you had said the Mets. Seems like that won't be happening. But we were very close on the money and years. I had said 115 million five years. You said 120 in five years. So we're about, uh, we seem to be pretty much agreed on what he's worth. Um, what are your thoughts now that the Mets seem to have uh, moved in a different direction? Um, oops. 
um, but yeah, I, I, I just thought that the Mets, um, you know, just with, you know, Stephen Cohen, just kind of buying the team and seeing that they kind of needed a catcher. I just, it just made sense. Um, but honestly, I, I think, um, I looking back at it now, um, I agree with you. I don't know where else JT will go other than Philly. And I I, I don't know if he's going to get the amount of money um, uh, that I guess kind of both of us kind of like thought. Um, because, yeah, I mean, the, the hitter market in the free agent realm is just really non-existent. Yeah. So I, I have no idea like where anything stands and it kind of stinks. So looking at the deal that McCann got, uh, he got four years uh, at just over $10 million a year. Um, so it might, it might be less money. I think about a five year deal is still on the table for Real Muto. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't know that it's going to be. I, I'd probably say closer to a ninety or a hundred instead of like the one fifteen, one twenty we were thinking originally. Yeah, yeah. It's just I, 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 I totally agree. Do you? I mean, do you think that he's going to go back to 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 Philly, or do you think he's going to go somewhere else? The only other place that seems to make sense for me is the Angels, maybe. Okay. They don't really have a catcher, I don't think, off the top of my head. Um, and they are pretty much always willing to spend. Yeah. So uh, Max Stassi is their catcher right now. He's And he had an interesting year, but yeah. it's not anyone that couldn't be pushed. Yeah. So I that's the only other place that makes sense. And so... That in and of itself might also push his market down just because no one else really is looking for a stud catcher at the moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I really feel bad for him because he's like, he's really good, but it's just like his, his, yeah, it's just really limited. I don't really think a lot of teams are really going to, you know, pay the extra coin for a really good catcher they're just kind of deal with a ho-hum catcher yeah and i think just as a general statement that with the shortened season and the loss of revenue for every team i think yeah. there's going to be as we've seen probably less spending uh throughout the off season which is again unfortunate um so that is going to be a recurring theme i think as we continue <laughs> to make our way through so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Philly. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the deal though. I'm gonna say eighty-five million in four years. I like that. Yeah, I I definitely like that. That Sounds seems good. that's just a little little less money, but Philly seems to be the natural landing place for Real Muto. Agreed. Next on the list here, George Springer. Um, he is coming off a, a weird season where uh, he was kind of up and down a little bit, but he is one of the best hitters, best pure hitters available at the moment. 
looking back at what we had said about a month ago, I had predicted Milwaukee at four years and $100 million. You had said Toronto, four years, 85. So again, we're pretty close on the uh, type of deal that Springer would be getting. Uh, talk to me a little bit about um, your thoughts on Springer in Toronto, perhaps. Um, I actually think that this might actually happen. It's either going to be that or the Mets, in my opinion. Um, uh, but it's like Toronto has been in on a couple of these uh, free agents um, that have signed recently, but have basically been, you know, the bridesmaid. Uh, so I think they're going to land someone soon. And I do think that it is going to be Springer. I don't know really where Springer really fits, um, honestly. But you still want him, um, it, you know, just because he's like he's really good. Um, so yeah, I still think that he goes, um, you know, he goes up north to Toronto, um, you know, for a couple years there. I could see it. Yeah, looking at the other predictions from the picture list staff. Um, we were very split on this one. Um, the Mets were the highest uh, or most frequently said team, but they only had 28% of the vote. Toronto was the next highest actually with 18%. Other ones were your Red Sox, um, back to the Astros, perhaps the White Sox, and then a smattering of other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, I don't know that Milwaukee is, uh, is buying at this point, looking yeah. at their team and the, what the rumors we're hearing, uh, it sounds like they are either thinking they might stand pat at the moment or even sell, um, as there's been some rumors that, um, they might be willing to take a few offers on some of their players there. So yeah, I could see Toronto. It it, it kind of makes sense to me. Their outfield is not much to write home about. Um, they got some interesting guys there in Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, and Randall Grichik. Yeah. Um, they don't have a true center fielder. Grichik has been playing center field, and he's passable from what I understand, but he's mm -hmm. re he really should be a corner outfielder. So definitely a defensive upgrade as well as, of course, an offensive upgrade there as well. It'd just be interesting to see where, who gets pushed. Right now, the roster resource has Alejandro Kirk in their DH slot. So I imagine you move someone like um, Vlad Guerrero or Rowdy Telez into the DH spot mm -hmm. to make room as as we can hopefully figure out what to do there. But yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. Toronto seems to make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, I, like I said, like it, it's kind of like, I don't know really know where he fits other than he could play a passable center field for maybe one or two years. And they don't really have that spot. So they could kind of like rotate spots and like, in the DH spot and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on uh, Springer to Boston? That seems like an interesting option. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'm still hoping for um, 
JBJ actually come back for an hmm. actual Cinefielder. Um I just I just don't know uh, because I know that Springer um, is um, obviously understandably asking for a lot of money, and I don't know if if Boston is willing to pay that for the outfield. Um, I would love to see it. I just don't see it just based on kind of what I'm hearing uh, that Boston, uh, the Red Sox seem to be kind of just going maybe like second level with signings. Yeah. They're, they're kind of at that weird middle spot of kind of like a retool rather than the rebuild. Um, and so right now might not be the, best time for them to take someone like a 31 year old outfielder so it it would be interesting i could see it if his market really drops quite a bit they might be Mm -hmm. able to grab him on like a two-year deal or something like that yeah um but i don't like like you said i agree they might not be so keen to do a four or five year deal for springer yep agreed let's hop over to the best starting pitcher on the market and just one of the most interesting players in baseball right now, Trevor Bauer. Oh, Trevor. Oh, Trevor. So the uh, pitcherless staff uh, actually agreed with me on their predictions. And I thought that the best place for him to land would be the angels in Los Angeles. Um, I had him going there on a four-year deal for fifteen million, hundred and fifteen million dollars, not. And <laughs> you uh, said back to Cincinnati for seventy-five million in three years. Um, I think both could definitely happen. Talk to me about uh, Cincinnati. Um, I agree with you now. Um, basically, <laughs> <laughs> basically because what I'm hearing out of uh, out of Cincy, and it just doesn't seem like they really want to pay for anybody and they're willing to trade anybody. I just, unfortunately, I don't think he's going there. Um, I, you know, I was, I was banking on just the driveline relationship there and just whatever. Mm. And he did perform well last year um, there. So I was hoping that he would go back. Um, but I actually like, you know, your suggestion better. The Angels. Um, the Angels need pitching. They always need always. pitching. Always need pitching. And if they're going to spend their money anywhere, it definitely should be pitching. So I definitely like your suggestion from mine. Yeah, I. that seemed to me to be, again, when it's kind of hard to find buyers right now. It, yeah. A lot of teams don't seem to be in a buying mode. Uh, the ones that do seem to be like the Braves who have a lot of pieces already in place. Um, the Astros, maybe again, very similar. A lot of pieces already in place. Um, the Yankees will probably spend some, uh, we can, we might see, like you said, Toronto, Philadelphia, the Mets, but a lot of them don't need pitching. Uh, the angels certainly do. (laughs) Definitely. Right now, right now, word has it they are talking about doing a six-man rotation to uh, account for Shohei Otani. 
which if Bauer signs there could be very interesting um, to see how he would fit into something like that. He's mm-hmm. even talked a bit about pitching um, on short rest and going every fourth day instead of every fifth day mm-hmm. because he is probably the only pitcher in baseball that might be able to do that. He's kind of a freak. And <laughs> it's awesome. But I mean, their rotation right now is looking at Andrew Heaney, Bundy, Griffin Canning. And then it gets into Patrick Sandoval, Jaime Berea, and Otani. So. Oh, yay. That ain't well, great. That is not great, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But. They have a solid offense with Trout, Rendon, Otani. So, like, there are there's a path for the Angels to make their way to the playoffs. But they're going to need pitching to do it. They went out and got Rysel Iglesias, so they've got themselves a solid closer now. I liked that move. I think that was a good move for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Bauer seems to be a good a good signing for them. And honestly, I don't know who else is going to pay him. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, especially with the AL West. I mean, I think that the A's and the Astros have kind of come down a bit. Um, and in kind of a contention window, especially with the Astros, like their pitching is, I mean, they, it's a little bit, um, leaning on, non-experienced guys in my opinion like they had like a lot of uh, uh rookies who came up this year um so it's a little bit volatile there um so i do think that the angels especially with that offense has a chance to actually compete in the al west which they haven't really in the past couple seasons yeah so i i would like to see uh uh trevor uh with the angels yeah, I uh, looking at the Astros rotation. Yeah, that that's also it's gone from being the best in the league to also that ain't great. That uh, ain't great. <laughs> Grinky, Grinky at the top, then Framber Valdez, Lance McCullers Jr., uh, Jose Urquidy, and Christian Javier. So Valdez and Urquidy are interesting for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, they're very unproven, and we're not sure. We're not sure what we're going to see from them, especially since most of the work we've seen from them thus far was in a shortened season. So it's, yeah, the the Astros are, might be losing their kind of uh, vice grip on the AL West at this point. Yeah. And the Angels have the opportunity to come in there. I think Bauer would be a good fit. Yep. Uh, this next one should be interesting. Uh, <laughs> yes, it should. <laughs> uh, so Marcelo Zuna, the outfielder DH, um, who had an amazing year with my Atlanta Braves on a one-year contract, now looking to get paid for real. Now, I had said he was coming back to the Braves on a four-year, $70 million contract, you said he was going to your Red Sox, uh, $60 million, three years. So uh, you want to arm wrestle for him? Um. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> um, basically, especially with like the last couple of days, seeing that 
Andrew Benet- Andrew Benintendi is possibly going to get traded, and he is currently the Red Sox left fielder. If that trade does happen, I do think that they are going to pay up for Ozuna uh, because they they do they would obviously need a left fielder there, and he would just just absolutely he could definitely play left field with that you know the the green monster right he could totally yeah. deal with yeah. that so i could totally see it and especially with like all of these rumors about benintendi being moved it makes me even more excited that you know i could see azuna and left field um but if the braves are smart they would do your deal and put just just pay Ozuna because he was so much fun last year. He was so oh much gosh. fun. He he brought so much energy to the yes. Braves team. Um, I mean, the whole mix it up thing that they were doing to hopefully forever replace the chop. Um, love that. That was yes. so that was a lot of fun. Uh, Josh Sperry and I throwing gifts back and forth during the playoffs. Um, just <laughs> random mixing bowl gifts that was so much fun um yeah i i think he could play left field with the monster Mm -hmm. i don't think he could play left field in atlanta but he doesn't have to if the dh is back that is the big thing if the season starts tomorrow there's no designated hitter in the national league yeah um and I don't know that the Braves would want him to be trolling left field every day. Um, especially because they've got Christian Pache, who should be the everyday center fielder now. Um, they've got Drew Waters, who is pushing the majors. They've still got Ender Enciarte, who is supposed to be the regular left fielder at this point. So they've got outfield options, but I think if the DH is back you see ozuna's market go up a ton because mm-hmm. then he his basically his options go from 15 teams to 30 teams i just don't think there's very many teams right now that want him to actually play the field i think they want him to yeah. be an Nelson cruz type that is just he's just gonna dh and he's gonna be amazing and go from there um so I'd, i i I want him to be on the Braves, yeah. but I want him to be the Braves' designated hitter. Fair. That's totally fair. And honestly, it just really stinks for just like all teams in general. We don't know the rules. Like, is there a DH? Like, it's just everything. It's just, it really does stink. And I think it's really bogging down the free agent market because no one knows anything. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. the... The business of baseball has uh, really gotten a light shown on it throughout 2020, um, yeah. and it's we've seen a lot of the ugly sides of the business of baseball, which yeah. very well may culminate in another strike before the CBA. I believe it's after next season, right? Yeah. Ooh. Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. so that could be a thing. Uh, real quick though, can we talk about Ben and for a moment? What happened? <laughs> I I own Ben and in a dynasty league. My the, the yeah. one dynasty league I play in. Um, I got him um, 
before uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. So he before he came up and was a 2020 guy with uh, 352 on base. And I was like, awesome. I like this. I want him to. I don't need him to be anything else other than that for the next 10 years. Great. <laughs> yeah. That's not how it's gone. Nope. Nope. Um, honestly, I think that uh, Benny got too uh, power happy. Um, in the off season between 18 and 19, he honestly, he really hit the gym and he really bulked up. So I was like, oh, yeah, like it, I think that he was thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just going to bulk up. I'm going to go for power. Uh, but that kind of just totally uh, changed everything about him. Like he, he when I was watching him in the box, he seems more stiff. He seems more passive. Just everything just totally just just went to 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 pot like it was just awful and i i do think it was the his mindset of he was going to be a power hitter instead of just being a complete hitter being yeah. a complete hitter a cleat uh just he can run the bases everything um so i honestly i think that is the biggest thing and then in 2020 he got injured like he injured his uh i think it was like a oblique or something so he never really came back because the red sox weren't in it um, right so we're just kind of like in this this pattern i i, I still believe in ben Attendi. i really do but with everything that i'm hearing i don't think he's going to be a red sox for much longer honestly a change of scenery could be great for him as I would far love as it. just getting new coaching in his ear Things like that. Um, where do you think he might end up? Who, who needs an outfielder to be willing to trade at the moment? Um, I mean, I've been hearing I've been hearing Cleveland um, because Cleveland always needs outfielders. Um, <laughs> and then I've also it, yes, um, and then I've also been hearing Houston because I mean Ooh. they need outfielders as well. Um, so maybe Cleveland or, or Houston. Um, I've, I've, I really would like Miami because I like a lot of their pitchers, uh, because that's what the Red Sox need. Um, but any three of those spots, I could see him going. Miami sounds like a very fun deal. Send, send like one of those pitchers with a couple other prospects for this, Young but kind of flamed out outfielder. Yeah. See if they can turn him around because they're they're an interesting organization right now. They really are. They are not bad, but they're not ready to spend money to get good. Yep. And so they're in a really interesting spot. And I think if they want to try and keep up in what is quickly becoming the best division in baseball in the NL East. Yeah. Uh, that would be an interesting move for them to make. Yeah, I want that to happen now. That's just, that's a fun baseball move. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would like to I would love to see that. All righty, let's go from Boston over to your rivals. Let's talk about DJ LeMayhew for a moment. And is there any way that the Yankees don't resign DJ LeMayhew? Um, if the Yankees are stupid, they will not resign him. <laughs> um, 
I mean, DJ once, from what I'm kind of, you know, looking at like through Twitter and stuff, DJ wants to be a Yankee. The Yankees want DJ. They just can't agree on a contract. But I just think that he's just going to end up there. Um, it just makes sense. He's he, the the two best years of his career have now been yes. in New York. He he's got kind of the mentality of a New York Yankee, you know, mm-hmm. kind, of the, kind of the quiet but uh, quiet intensity sort of thing. Of yep. The Yankees. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just it just makes sense. He di- he. I don't think he ever really has had a beard. So <laughs> exactly. So he totally works. If he doesn't have facial hair, he totally works. Just go there. So yeah, I it, it it honestly I don't know where else he would go. Um look if when we look at the pitcherless staff, 79% of the staff said the Yankees uh a few said the Dodgers maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, he could play third base. Yeah, yeah. To replace Justin Turner. Yeah. Yeah. That could be interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely would like DJ LeBanhue more than Justin Turner. Um, from like a Dodger standpoint. I just I just don't see how the Yankees would not would just like let him go because he was just so good. He was just yeah. so good. And they don't their their money's not super tied up right now in Yankee standards. Right. So I think they can afford a contract. You and I were pretty much in lockstep. I said fit, uh, three years, fifty-five million. You said three years, fifty-eight million. So that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't know. I don't see, I don't see the Yankees letting him walk. I, I, I don't either. So we'll see what happens. I've because, like, like you said, I've definitely heard those rumors as well that there's been the the contract talks have been back and forth quite a bit, but uh, just today apparently, um, Luke Luke Voigt came out and said Yankees need to sign DJ LeMayhew. <laughs> so Voigt knows what's up. Exactly. Alrighty, well, those are I think like the big five right now that are going to get big contracts after that it's a little more kind of older or middling guys um so let's go ahead and get into some of them we might be a little quicker on them but honestly some of them are kind of interesting because they have way more options um the first one is one of my favorite players marcus Semyon. i (laughs) love this dude and i just want him to be good it made me so happy that he was awesome in 2019 and I really wanted to be good again in 21. Um, I had predicted he would go to the Angels. Um, you and I actually had the exact same contract prediction of two years and 30 million, but you had him going to the Reds back in Cincinnati. You still feeling the same way? Um, kinda. Um, <laughs> because I because I don't know exactly where Cincy is at right now. Um, I don't know if they're just totally just selling off everything or if they're just kind of like coming into kind of how the entire NL Central is where they're just not doing anything. Um, right. But I mean, since he needs a, a shortstop and, and honestly, I think Barca Simeon 
would just fit so well there because since he has a really good um, uh, pro- uh, shortstop prospect um, that I really do think who he debuted this year, Jose Garcia, um, I he went from high A to the majors this year. So I, I don't think that he's ready, but he should be ready within two years. And if you, you know, pay Simeon for two years, it, it totally like bridges the gap there and still keeps you competitive. So that's why I just kind of put him there. But I, again, like I have no idea what Cincy is doing. Yeah. I, I think that makes sense. Um, and Simeon's going to be pretty cheap because he came off, he's coming off a horrible year. Well, not even a year. It's, it's, it's so, <laughs> it's so dumb. It's because you don't know if, if he regressed or if he just had a two month slump. Exactly. Those happen to good players. So, uh, it's so hard to analyze players right now. It really, um, I think the Angels make sense here. Um, I think the Angels are just going to sign everybody. It's just what's going to happen. But <laughs> they could also use a shortstop. Um, right now, they've got Jose Iglesias um, mm-hmm. slotted in. Good defender. Bad bat. Yeah. Uh, so that would definitely be an improvement there as uh, Simeon's a solid defender as well but would be a big step up as far as offense goes. You know, probably, unless this is just the new semi, I, I highly doubt that what yeah. we saw from 20, him in 2020 is what they're going to get. Yeah. They probably won't get the 2019 numbers. I bet it's somewhere in between. Uh, yes, definitely. <laughs> Which is a huge gap. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I think at minimum teams can expect uh, his like 2018 and earlier numbers where it was kind of that 260 20 home run guy Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but there might be something in there closer to what we saw from his uh mvp finalist season in 2019 where he might be able to push like a 280 average again yeah totally all righty uh let's go to nelson cruz everyone's favorite 40 year old dh (laughs) Uh, you had him going to back to Minnesota. I said Toronto. Um, I think Minnesota makes a lot of sense, but I think Toronto would be a lot of fun. So Toronto would be so much fun. Like I, as much as I, I, I mean, again, I am a humongous Red Sox fan, but I am so excited to see what Toronto does because that offense. Like their young bats are so much fun. So much fun. So Between much Between Vlad and Bichette, Biggio, uh, getting getting a little rowdy in there. I mean, it's they've got such an interesting offense. Yes. And I mean, I would love to see just Nelson Cruz just go up there and just like smash taters just you know, outside the park. And be, and be a nice veteran presence. I mean, I'm looking at their exactly. roster right now. Uh, pop quiz, who is the oldest player, uh, oldest offensive player in the uh, Toronto lineup? Um, I know, right? They're all young. Yeah. He, he is not over 30 years old. Gritchick? Yep. Hey! Gritchick, Gritchick is... 
29. The next is Hernandez at 28, and everyone else is like 25 and younger. Yeah. It is a very young team. Yeah. I mean, crews have looked like really good in there. Just get like just a really veteran presence there. Um, I don't know. I'm still sticking with Minnesota. Um, I, I just, he's just kind of like blossomed there. He looked like he was having fun. You know, La Bamba's like just, just, just. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I still think that he goes back to Minnesota. Um, but I'm less certain about that. Um, but wherever he goes, it's going to be fun. Oh yeah, for sure. I think there's no sign of him slowing down. He's, he's over the 40 year old mark at this point, but I think he's got another season or two in him where he can still be good. Um, yeah, I think the pitchless staff agreed with you. Uh, 79% said that he was headed back to Minnesota, but boy, oh boy, would it be fun to see him in Toronto or are they playing in Toronto or are they going to be back in the AAA park? Cause holy crap, Nelson Cruz at a AAA park. Yes. I mean, if we got Nelson Cruz in Buffalo, that would be amazing. Um, but of course we have no idea what is going on with the season. So I have, I, yeah. Yeah. If, 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 Cruz signs with the Blue Jays and they're playing in Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> is, I, I guess the over under on home runs is set at like 39 and a half. Exactly. It's going to be like so crazy. Oh, it'd be so much fun. Yes. <laughs> All right. Next one here. Masahiro Tanaka. Um, uh, I had originally uh, said he was going back to the Yankees and I somehow have uh, neglected to include your prediction, but we were in lockstep on the contract, at least, at uh, I two years. I said 25. You said 30. Yankees seem to have moved on, though. They signed Yulish Chassin recently, uh, which tells me that Tanaka, I don't think, is in their plans for the future. Yeah, and I was surprised um, about that because I just, I just thought that he would just re-sign with the Yankees because... It's the only place he's ever played. He's exactly, and I don't really know where else he would go. Um, but if I would put him in another place, can we just put him on the Angels because he's a pitcher? <laughs> we can. Yeah. That that would make sense to me. Yeah. Um, the yeah Angels were another team that was that the pitchless staff had mentioned, along with the Mets and the Braves. Okay. Braves, I could see, but we already signed two starters, so right. not anymore. Yeah. Um, prior to the Smiley and Morton signings, I think that would have made sense. Get a couple of veteran pitches in there. What? They already did that. So, Angels, sure. Why not? If, he's, if, if he doesn't go back to the Yankees, let's say the Angels. Yeah. But are you, are you excited at all about Masahiro Tanaka for fantasy purposes at this point? Um, no, maybe as like a streamer, but no, not really. Same. I feel like he's just, I don't know where the upside is anymore. Yeah. And so I, yeah, I I just, I'm not sure what we should be excited about. I just pulled it up. You had also said Yankees. So we were, we had agreed originally. 
I don't know. I don't. It doesn't look like that's what they want to do. Yeah. So. Oh well, is what it is. But honestly, it still wouldn't surprise me if he goes back to New York. That wouldn't surprise me at all. So I think he. Again, Yankees are angels. (laughs) One of the two is going to sign everyone. Exactly. Next one here, uh, an outfielder, Michael Brantley, um, coming off another solid season. He's he's another one of my players I really like to draft because I feel like he's so underrated in fantasy purposes. Mm-hmm. He's just so consistent. Um, I had him on a three-year, $33 million deal in Washington. You had him also in Washington, but only on a one-year, $12 million deal. So talk to me about Brantley. Um, again, I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I like Michael Brantley. Like, he just yeah, – he's such a good hitter. He really is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that Washington does it now, especially with the signing of Schwarber. Um, to a, True. With the one-year deal, I don't think that he goes – uh, to to Washington, um, because I mean I, I mean I guess they could put Schwarber at first, but I really don't picture that. Um, but if I had to pick another team, um, I would like to see him back in Cleveland, just because. I mean I I like to watch you know Cleveland games, <laughs> so sure. to, to, so to see Brantley back in Cleveland and back in that uni, I would love to see it. So. And he would totally fit whether he could play in the outfield, whether he played first base, anything. Um, I just don't know what Cleveland is going to do. Yeah. Um, he did uh, appear most frequently at designated hitter this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, 26 games at DH, 19 in left. So he could probably still play the outfield. Um, he's definitely lost a step or two there. But Cleveland makes sense. Um what about like a one or two year deal with Miami just for fun? I would be for it, man. I really would. Um, I think it would just like really work. Um, I mean, I used to, I mean, I still am like a Corey Dickerson fan and he seems like a better Corey Dickerson to me. Uh, Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I would love to see it. Like he, I think that he would totally fit with that team, the vibe, everything in Miami. I like that. Yeah, I mean, have him hitting right behind Dickerson and Marte. Yeah. That's that's actually a pretty good one, two, three. Yeah, that's really good. So, that would be fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe not Washington at this point, but, you know, I heard someone the other day say that maybe the front office in Washington knows something that baseball fans don't. And that's why they signed Schwarber. Mm-hmm. Maybe that, maybe they think the DH is more likely to be back in the National League. Schwarber really should be de- a designated hitter. Yeah. Um, he's not a good defender. And so perhaps if the if the DH is back, um, then I think Washington makes sense again. But without the designated hitter in the National League, probably not. Yep. Agreed. Cool. Let's hit back to the pitching side here. Um, another former Yankee, James Paxton, um, coming off a couple rough seasons. Just, he can't stay healthy for the life of him. Poor mm. guy. Uh, 
I, and this is one where I d- I have no idea where he's going to sign. I really don't. I said Toronto on a one-year, $12 million deal. Um, you went back to the Angels because, of course, he's a pitcher. So, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, you said 25 and two years. So uh, what? how are you feeling on Pax at this point? Honestly, I feel the same as you. Like, I just have no idea where he would go. So I'm like, oh, he can throw a baseball. Let's just put him on angels because they need yep. pitching um but i could totally see him going to toronto it would be like really cool he's canadian i would love to see it it'd be so mm-hmm. awesome uh but yeah i could see him on either team but i yeah. i so i have no idea where he's gonna go both need pitching um honestly i think toronto needs pitching more than the angels do um <laughs> yeah they, they are they've got they got Hinjin Ryu. Great. That's good. Then yeah. number two is Robbie Ray. Ooh. Nate Pearson. Okay, maybe. Tanner Roark and Ross Stripling. Oh, boy. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. I, I, maybe I could pass him more in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I think guys like Tanaka and Paxton, these kind of second-tier starters, yeah. make a lot of sense as Toronto targets, where they won't have to spend too much money. And they can get someone who will give them something. Yeah. Tanaka, I think, makes a lot of sense for Toronto as a guy who will be just consistently get out there every fifth day and be not terrible. Yep. Yep. I like that. Yep. So, again, though, the pitchless staff was all over the board with uh, Paxton. We had Red Sox, White Sox, Angels, Twins, Yankees, Athletics, Rangers. It was... So basically everyone was shrug emoji. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we have uh, one more uh, later who is even more so, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a bit. So Paxton, I think... Angels or, or Blue Jays makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Another uh, shortstop that I think the Twins, or not the Twins, but the Reds could get involved in here, uh, Didi Gregorius. I originally had him going back to Philly, as did you. Uh, pretty similar deals we had here. I said $30 million in three years. You said 25 and 2 um, most pitchless staff agree with us. Philly seems to be the consensus, though others did mention the Angels and and uh, Reds there. So, what are your thoughts on Didi at this point? Um, yeah, I I I I think that he resigns with the Phillies. I'll stick with that. Maybe not with the amount of money, but I'll stick with that because I do think that. Simeon is the more attractive player than than Didi. So I think Simeon will get signed, whether it's Cincy or Philly. And then Gregorius will kind of like fill in there. Um, But I just, when I was doing this, I was just like, eh, Philly knows what they have there. Didi is super fun, uh, works with the, with the, the manager there, just, yeah, so maybe they'll just give him like a couple year deal because they don't really have anything else at shortstop. Yeah, makes sense to me. I mean, he was good in his time at Philadelphia, yeah. so I don't see there's not really a reason to not do it. Yeah, I don't think that he's going to be too expensive, so 
Yeah, I think Philadelphia makes sense. If not Philly, either the Angels or the uh, Cincinnati Reds. I think either one could do it. Yep. We mentioned this guy a little earlier, Justin Turner, uh, free agent now after a long time with the Dodgers. Uh, you and I both had him returning, though. Uh, I had him one year 14. You had him two years 24. Um, is Are we sure he's not retiring? Because I know that was talked about briefly. Yeah, it, it was talked about. Um, and I don't see him going anywhere else than uh, the Dodgers at this point. Um, I, I mean, I saw on a tweet that he was looking for like a four-year deal. Uh, which That's laughable. Exactly. I literally LOL'd when I saw that tweet. I'm like, <laughs> oh, Justin, you're so cute. You're not getting a four-year deal. Um, but I just don't see him in any other team other than the Dodgers at this point, whether it's a one-year deal two-year deal three-year deal i don't think he's getting a four-year deal just no. i just don't see him in the other uni other than a dodger yeah he he's always done well there whenever he's been able to stay on the field he performs very well um lowest batting average he's ever had there was 275 yeah that's really impressive yeah. um I mean, in 2019, just two years ago, it was 290 with uh, his best power ever, 27 home runs. So he's he's still got it. It's just a matter of if he can stay on the field. He's constantly injured. Yeah. So, yeah, I just this is another one very similar to the Mayhew where it's just like it just makes sense for him to resign. It, totally. It's just like you just got to get to a point where both sides just say, OK. Yeah. yeah, and the pitcherless staff totally agrees here. Uh, 82% said the Dodgers. So, yeah, I think that uh, think that one makes sense. Yeah. Last guy we had here is the total uh, spin the wheel, and everyone can have a piece. Corey Kluber. Um, the, so, in the article... Um, I put, you know, most frequent prediction uh, had the team that people said uh, for Kluber. I just wrote who knows. <laughs> um, and I'm just going to read the teams that were listed because no team got more than three votes. The, the only team that got three votes was the Angels because, sure, they need pitching always. Other teams were. The Blue Jays, Padres, Yankees, Twins, Dodgers, Red Sox, Nationals, Cardinals, Mariners, Phillies, Mets, Brewers, Indians, Reds, and Diamondbacks, among others. Like, half the league should be interested in signing Corey Kluber to a one-year deal. I, I put him on the White Sox. You said Boston. What what are we going to do with Kluber at this point? I mean, honestly, like all of those teams, it sounds like all the teams that were watching his kind of like throw session like this past week. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, just everyone is just like, what's Corey got, you know? Um, apparently it was pretty good, too. His fastball was sitting just under 90 and he apparently had decent break on his uh, yeah. on his uh, off speed stuff. So. Maybe Kluber is back. I I really hope so because he was when he was in his prime, like he was like amazing and so much yeah, fun. Yeah, he was so much fun to watch. Um, 
So saying, knowing that how well his bullpen was and how many teams were looking in on it, I think Boston is out because I think Boston is just kind of getting like, you know, the, the, the just kind of ho-hum guys. Um, yeah. But wherever he goes, I'm be very, very intrigued. Um, and again, I, I don't know where he's going to go. No one does. Yeah, I was just hoping for Boston just for, you know, fandom's sake. <laughs> exactly. Like, I... Looking at legitimately, like, any of these teams, it makes sense. Like, of course, the Angels and the Blue Jays need pitching. Uh, Padres, maybe not. They already got a lot of pitching. Yeah. Uh, Yankees, I could see it. Twins, sure. Dodgers, honestly, I wouldn't put it past them. Um... I could see him on the Nationals, Cardinals, Mariners. Mariners would be fun, actually. Yeah. That'd be a fun oh, one. Oh, yeah, totally. So, like, these all make sense, which is crazy. Do you think he signs more than a one-year deal, though? No. I, unless someone blows him away with money i don't think so i think he's kind of like looking at this as maybe like a pillow contract where he could get maybe another two-year deal after this yeah yeah that's kind of what i'm thinking i think that's a good call um i think this is kind of a show me deal after he's been out of baseball for essentially two years now um but he in his prime was one of the best pitches in baseball um in my first year at pitcher list in the pitcher list staff league um i made a couple trades one to trade for max scherzer uh and then later in the year traded for Corey kluber this was 2017 uh i i won that league um <laughs> on the back of those two pitchers it was it was a lot of fun yeah. And everyone was asking what dirt I had on the guys. It was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember listening to um, uh, uh, like a podcast. I can't remember the name of the podcast, but they were just talking up Corey Kluber. Um, but so I picked up like Corey Kluber and like the next year I pick up the Grom and um, so I had DeGrom and Kluber and like their prime and then Lu Luis Castillo and a dynasty league. Oh. Yeah. That's very nice. It's very nice. That's very nice. Yeah. It was very nice. Oh. <laughs> I, I actually own Castillo in my dynasty league. I was able to pick him up off waivers because no one really knew who he was until about a year before he came up. Love it. Love it. Love so it. That was, he, he's been great for me. Well, alrighty, that about covers the free agents. Uh, I wanted to talk about any kind of overarching thoughts on the market at this point, or any any other eight free agents that you that I didn't mention that you wanted to hit on quick. Um, other than I hope that JBJ comes back to Boston. Um, mm. No, not really. And I really just want something to happen because it's just been stone cold. I just want something to happen. Just something. Just something. Like, I one one more I will say I want Jurex and Profar to sign a for a starting job. Yes, yes, I would absolutely love that. I like Profar 
more than most people. <laughs> uh, I like Profire a lot, and I I, th- I loved what we saw from him in the shortened 2020. Uh, so I would absolutely love to see him get a starting role. I don't know that he will. We'll see. Yep, I I, I hope so as well. Um, I am maybe not as high as you on him. Um, but uh, honestly, I would love for the Red Sox to sign him to play second because we don't have a second baseman currently. I would. That would be amazing. Yes, I would love it. So, yeah. That would be awesome. Uh, call your people, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, alrighty. At this point, we'll go ahead and we will hop into our mailbags portion. So, like I said at the top. Every week we want to answer your questions on the air. If you've got questions for me and my guest, go ahead and you can tweet them directly to me at Bristowski or even better way to get them to me, join our PL Plus Discord server. You go to pitchlist.com slash plus. It is a great time. Um, Shelly, what's your favorite part about the Discord server? Oh, boy. Uh I know, right? There's so it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's really good. Um, I guess maybe for me, it's the food section. I like the food yep. section. Um, but I've also been enjoying the um the music and book section. Um, because I've been trying to uh, read more and listen to music more. <laughs> uh, okay. so yeah, I mean that those 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 kind of like non-baseball stuff it's just so good so the off-topic portion is my favorite section of the discord i i've said it before i'll say it again the movies and video games and tv are my favorite places to go whether we be talking about weird weird uh star wars theories or just arguing whether or not the last jedi is a good movie it's it's a great time (laughs) But let's go ahead and answer some questions here. So actually, the questions this week are all from uh, Pitchless managers. So managers want to know what Shelly got going on. Oh, boy. So (laughs) Ben Palmer uh, says, if you could get a cameo from anyone living or dead, who would it be? It's a weird question. I like it. Um, Can I get a cameo of just Dolly Parton? Yes. Can jo- can I just just have just Dolly Parton be like, hey Shelly, I I see that you baked a cake. It looks pretty. That would just just totally make my day. I love Dolly Parton, and um, yeah, that 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 if if I could buy a cameo and just have Dolly Parton say, hey Shelly, I would totally do it. That's fantastic. She's such a good person. Yes. <laughs> Ugh. Fantastic. Have you been to Dolly World? I ha- I have not. Um I really want to go and You got to go. I, once COVID is not a thing, I'm going to go because I am uh oh, I I love Dolly. She is just like you said, she is a good person. She's amazing. I mean, I think she herself donated a million dollars to COVID relief. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's true. Yep, I think it was the Moderna vaccine that she donated a million dollars to. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just Dolly is Dolly Parton's just amazing. She's fantastic, and I mean, 
also a ridiculous musician. So yes. talented. Yes. Um, for me, if I could get a cameo for anyone living or dead, um, can I do Ed Sheeran? Yeah. I'm gonna go with Ed. I'm gonna go with Ed Sheeran. That'd be awesome. <laughs> he's my he's my favorite uh, musician, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. And he also seems like a really just fun dude. I I would absolutely love to get a beer with Ed Sheeran. That'd be amazing. Oh my gosh, yes! Like he just seems like totally like kind of like down to earth, but like like a really good musician. I I I get it. I love it. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. A baseball one here. So, no, Miles Nelson wants to know, for those of us who don't get into the prospect and minor league side of things, what are some of the most underrated or unknown aspects of covering that part of the sport that we're missing out on? Um, good question. I love this question. It's a very good question. Uh, yeah. Um, honestly, the minor league and prospect side of – of baseball Twitter, just baseball kind of even just going to like minor league parks. It's just how many people actually would just love to talk baseball with you. Um, I mean, I've been, I mean, uh, going down to the diamond um, in Richmond here, which is kind of the closest park where I am. Like there is like this, this group of scouts um, that I've just kind of, they at least know who I am. So we could just talk baseball, like talk about different prospects. And then like with Twitter, like even if you're not, you know, writing about prospects, you can just kind of like talk to people um, and just kind of like get their, their thoughts and stuff because we just like to talk about baseball. And that is what maybe people who don't really really dig deep down in like the prospects and minor league side kind of get, I don't know. It's just like, maybe like we just love to talk about, uh, baseball and players and all this other stuff. Um, and that's what I just really, really like. It's like this, this community of people who just, I can just talk freely a bit just about baseball. It's so great. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I I definitely would agree with that sentiment. Um, when you go to minor league games, uh, it's a very different atmosphere than a major league game. Yes. Um, it's super laid back. Uh, they do a lot of weird, fun stuff. Um, tickets are ridiculously cheap. And you're going to run into two kinds of fans at a minor league game. Mm-hmm. You're either going to run into big baseball fans, like like you said, people who are willing to talk baseball, know what they're talking about, and stuff like that, or people who are just there to have a good time and don't know a single name of the player that's out there, but are still definitely rooting for their team. It's it's a great time. Um, living in North Carolina, I am in like the hub of minor league baseball here. I I mean, I have here in Greensboro, we've got the Grasshoppers for the which are the double affiliates of the pirates um if i go 45 minutes i can go see a durham bulls game if you've never been to a durham bulls game go their stadium is fun and a great time um i mean even there's there's a town 
like 20 minutes away from me called Burlington. It has, I think, 50,000 people in it total, but they have the Burlington Royals. Like, I think that's the single A affiliate. So I have so much baseball around me, and it's, I, I this was going to be the year that I was going to like go to a bunch of games. Didn't really yeah. work out that way, did it? <laughs> so I'm hoping my early baseball is back in full strength as soon as possible and we can make that happen. But yeah, I, I, I can't speak on it as much as you can, but in my experience that I definitely agree with uh, what you said there. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Like my league baseball is, oh, I, I, I definitely missed it this year. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not only, not only do you just kind of miss it, but also trying to analyze prospects this year is <laughs> very hard. We have no numbers to look at it and that's not great. Yep. Love that. Yep. We have uh, no, no stats and we have kind of, kind of, a few reports from a few teams at the alt sites. It's just mm-hmm. a, a, a cluster F of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> of information. So yeah, it, it's really hard to analyze prospects right now. Um, but I'm hoping that this year and into next year, we kind of get back to normal and uh, we can just freely go to uh, minor league games, which I really enjoy fingers crossed i hope hope that is the case let's stick with prospects for a bit um andy Patton, one of our other uh dynasty guys here on pitcher list wants to know who are some of your favorite prospects outside of the conventional top 200 all right so i am pulling up my prospect list uh right now i'm not even gonna bother answering this one because i i don't know I, I don't think I know who is outside the top 200. I barely keep up with the top 100. <laughs> um, okay, so there's a pitcher um, for the Giants. Uh, his name is Seth Corey. He made it up to low A uh, last year, so he's a really interesting guy. Um, he I think that he pitched in, in college, but he's a he's really interesting. Like he really upped his strikeout rate and he really changed his pitch mix in 2019. Um, and I mean, if you're going to be a pitcher in San Fran, uh, that guy is, uh, is someone to look out for. Uh, who else? Yeah. Look, looking at his stats yeah. here, he's a lefty, um, in 2019, uh, did pitch an A ball, like you said. Um, 122 innings, which is a fair amount for a uh, minor league season, with a 34% K rate and a 176 ERA and 1.07 whip. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Why is no one talking about this? I guy? have no idea. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I, I just, I just really, really like the dude. Um, and then maybe another guy, um, maybe I'll be a little bit homerish here. Uh, Gilberto Jimenez, he's an outfitter in the Boston system. Uh, he is super, super fast, like 70 grade, 80 grade speed here. 
center fielder. Um, and what I've heard about what he's done at the alt site and then in ball instructs, he is actually, you know, start to hit the ball the other way more. Um, so there could be some more power there. He, he looked like he added more muscle there. So it's a really interesting, speedy, maybe a little bit of power, exceptional defense. Um, and that's just kind of like the profile I like. Um, so I guess, I guess those are two guys that I kind of like. I like it. Uh, yeah, looking at his numbers here in 2019 18 years old was in low a um and in 59 games batted 359 with uh 14 stolen bases and three home runs um his k rate's only 15 percent as an 18 year old that's that's not bad at all he doesn't walk much but hey if he's if he's able to maintain a near 400 BABIP, which <laughs> his speed is possible. Yeah. He's got it. Yeah. He hit the, hits the ball on the ground a lot. That's fine. If you're a, uh, if you're a speed guy, uh, I want to get your thoughts on one of, uh, my kind of pet prospects, um, Jorge Mateo. He's, he's kind of graduated now, uh, for the Oakland athletics. Very Kind of similar profile, it sounds like, to uh, Jimenez here. He's supposed to have 80-grade speed, and he has supposedly supposed to have developed some contact, but we did not see that in his debut here in 2020. Mateo uh, only played in 22 games, but batted 154 with a 40% strikeout rate. Yeah, I haven't really been a Jorge Mateo fan. I mean, even I think he was like Dang in it. the in the Yankee <laughs> system, and then he got traded. He was yeah. I just I just don't know if it will get there. I love the tools. I love the speed. I just don't know if the contact or whatever. It just I just don't think that it's there. I hope that I'm wrong. Yeah. I really do. Um, I just yeah yeah. Sorry. He came over to the Reds in the Sunny Gray deal, and uh, I've been on him pretty much since then. And in the 2019 season, I was super stoked. I owned him in a dynasty league, and he hit 19 home runs with 24 steals and a 289 batting average. I was like, heck yeah, look at this going on in AAA. That's awesome. And in his first taste of the majors, yeah. it, it wasn't good. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> well... He's he's still only like twenty five, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, he's definitely got the tools. Yeah, he totally has the tools. Um, yeah, and I hope that I'm wrong, and I hope that you're right. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I had one more here, uh, not baseball related, talking about your uh, your love of baking and whatnot uh, from some weirdo named uh, Bustin Aristo. No, no idea. Um, what do, what is a dessert that will impress your in-laws but is also very easy to make? Ooh, uh, this is uh, probably an easy question because, I mean, uh, the verstraits are a very sweet tooth. Uh, so basically I can make anything and it would impress, you know, my mother-in-law. Uh, but I guess like... Okay, but what about someone who is a horrible cook? Okay. Hmm. 
honestly, just a vanilla cake with chocolate buttercream, that will make anyone's day. Just do like the basic vanilla cake, chocolate buttercream, totally works. It's it's super simple, okay. but super good. Okay, okay. I'm just writing down notes here. and. Uh... <laughs> um, but I mean, if you really want to do maybe something a little bit different, um, maybe this is a kind of like a quarantine thing. I've really gotten to sourdough, sourdough bread. Oh. Um, and I've done like just this, um, this walnut and, uh, cranberry sourdough. So when you're making the sourdough bread, you just throw those ingredients in there, just bake it. And, uh, that's been kind of delicious. So. Okay. I'm not that far from you. I'm going to have to, <laughs> how much, how much do you want for a little bit of that? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Alrighty. Awesome. I think. That's about what we've got. Um, Shelly, thank you so much for coming on. Do you have any like closing thoughts or anything? And uh, what, I guess, what else are you working on? What are you working on in the off-season right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just had my top 50 Pirates list come out on Pitcher List. Um, my Red Sox top 50 prospects should be coming out soon. Um, and that's really about all I've been doing. But uh, thank you. Austin for this. This is this is great fun. That's a it was a great time having you. Uh just give us a little sneak peek. Where do you think you'll have uh Gilberto Jimenez? Uh he will probably be in the top seven. Top seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. All right, one more time, where can they catch you on Twitter? Uh, Shelly V underscore six, four, three. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was great having you talking baseball and, and baking and everything else. And, uh, we will catch you all next time on the list. <laughs>